Hello, and welcome to the Paleo Baby Podcast. I'm Julie Kelly, and today I am joined by Anne Margolis. Anne Margolis is a home birth midwife, among very many other things. I'm not going to read her whole background because <laughs> I would take up most of the podcast. Let's just say she's a very experienced and well-decorated midwife um, who has a fabulous practice in New York um, called Home Sweet Home Birth. And I followed her for a while on Instagram and on Facebook. And I just really love the message that she sends out to um, the community of women and, um, you know, birth enthusiasts all over. And so I'm really pleased to have her with me today. Um, hi, Anne. How are you? Hi. Great. <laughs> Welcome. Great to talk to you. You too. Um, so not everyone will know this, and I, you probably shouldn't even say it, but this is the second time we're recording together because the first <laughs> time our sound got totally mucked up. So um, we're that starting over, but I, I feel actually pretty lucky to get to talk to you again and have this whole conversation awesome. over and see what else we can discover. <laughs> so. Um, so you are, you know, now you practice home birth midwife midwifery and, and, but you've, you've worked in a hospital setting and you've worked in the home. How, how, what, you know, what kind of started all of this, you know, out for you? How did you decide you wanted to become a midwife and what kind of led you to, to becoming a home birth midwife specifically? Great question. Um, I, I think what started the actual, um, uh, deciding to become a midwife was my working as a nurse in obstetrics mm -hmm. and having my own first two babies on the unit where I worked. I think um, that's what started it because, like, I, I was an OB nurse and I and and I saw it just a lot of complications and like disasters and problems that were caused by a lot of the interventions and it just it just um, seemed that we were making birth much more complicated and more risky mm -hmm. and my hands were tied as a nurse you know and then um, with my first baby I, I was really um, I, I wasn't as informed as I am now you know I was I was young I was about 24 25 mm -hmm. and I had um, I thought I was well prepared you know I, I took Lamaze and I was gonna be um, on the unit um, having her on the unit with doctors that I worked with 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 nurses that I work with and um, it was very the first um, birth was very traumatic um, mm -hmm. I you know, I w was going into it thinking that I could just do it, and I didn't realize the uh, the uh, the actual impact on my own labor of being, you know, um, not allowed to eat, tied to the monitor on my back, not allowed to move. Right. Um, do you? Oh, there. And um, you know, change positions and things like that. So it was not a surprise that I wasn't uh, dilating fast enough. But, you know, I can look at it back now and, and, and look at it in a different way. But then, you know, I was really scared. You know, the doctor kept coming in and sticking his, you know, doing an exam and sticking his hands up and saying, you're still four, you're still four. And he walked outside, outside the room, he said, we're going to hang pit. And, and he didn't even talk about that with me. And then the next thing you know, the nurse comes in. And, I, you know, I, these were my colleagues, you know, but yeah. I, was, I was young. I didn't ha know that I had a voice to speak up. Um, and, you know, so that they hung the Pitocin. And then, of course, the Lamaze never, you know, I, I couldn't use the natural coping techniques that I had learned. And then, I, and then the epidural and because um, uh, the, in, the intensity of Pitocin uh, stimulation of contractions is, was just too much, you know, especially having to stay still and um, attached to these monitors. And then her heart rate, my daughter's heart rate bottomed down. And they called for a stat emergency cesarean. And here I was, you know, I was, um, uh, you know, very active physically and dancing and, um, 
you know, just the thought of being cut open and having major abdominal surgery. And I had seen that as a nurse. Right. I was really scared of it. So, you know, they called for the stat section and, and um, I was uh, in the OR for over an hour bef- uh, waiting alone. Nobody was monitoring me or my baby. Um, and it's, it, that was, uh, I was scared I was going to have like a dead baby. And, and they called for sort of this emergency cesarean in the hospital. And it, an, an hour later, still the um, assistant surgeon hadn't come in to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what, it must have been the epidural or, mat, you know, uh, spiritual uh, effects, whatever. But I started pushing. Mm-hmm. So in that, in that hour, this like, like, it's like unbelievable because most people who were that scared don't mm-hmm. usually labor well. So I started pushing and the, the, it, was, it was a whole crisis that, you know, the doctor was like screaming, get me a vacuum. And, you know, oh, he God. cut the huge episiotomy and, and out, you know, I was like petrified that my daughter was going to be you know dead or damaged. And, and she was like perfectly fine. Yeah. So that made me, um, first of all, I said to my husband, I'm never having any more kids. I mean, I really <laughs> felt like rape. Yeah. I mean, it was traumatic, you yeah, know, and, totally. um, so, so that, um, of course then, um, uh, pregnant again, two and a half years <laughs> later, and uh, I was still working as a nurse and I had not even heard of a home, a home birth or midwife yet. And I, um, so in, I am there I'm, now I'm a multi, meaning I've delivered before. So my uh, body knows just what to do. And the same doctor, um, he goes out, uh, and, and he says, you know, her, the head's so high, just call a section cause oh, the baby's God. posterior. Like he didn't even talk to me, you know, like I was, I was a colleague now knowing now I'm a midwife. I mean, um, just get, uh, the mom up out of bed and on her hands and knees and maybe we you know, I mean, just right. there's so many things can be, that can be done, but you see, I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. my, uh, a friend of mine, cause I, I had, I had voiced a lot of my frustrations, you know, just having my own two in, in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I asked him actually to turn the baby he he actually stuck his hand way up and turned the baby, and then I I had her. Um, but it, you know it was a very painful experience. But um, I was talking to uh, really uh, some friends of mine who knew my frustrations with um, typical hospital routine obstetric care, and um, she had said you might want to speak to this friend of mine who's a midwife. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> you know, this was back I was maybe like 27. Yeah. And, um, but, but I actually spoke with her and, and I went to midwifery school and it was like, I came home. It, yeah. it was, I was very fortunate to have, um, uh, out of hospital ex- uh, clinical experience. Cause, um, it's very hard as a, as a midwife to get, uh, out of hospital experience. Most of the, uh, clinical training is, is in hospital. Mm-hmm. And we have, a, a like, uh, we had an awesome, uh, out of hospital freestanding birthing center, um, so I did a lot of clinical there, but I still hadn't really heard of home birth, but I, I, I felt much more that I resonated with the birth center sort mm-hmm. of care because it was run by midwives and, and, and physiologic birth was, was considered normal and encouraged. And, and I just resonated with that. I saw that it worked, you know, when everybody just left it alone, 
and and treated women, you know, with sensitivity and compassion. Um, they they had their babies, and not only did they have them safely, you know, the vast majority of times, uh, they the, the women felt so positive and and empowered, and um, they loved their birth experience for mm-hmm. the you know the most part. Whereas where I worked as an OB nurse, most of the women were either traumatized or or um, very very upset with their experience. And I saw a lot more emergencies and disasters than I ever witnessed as a midwife. Um, and I can still say that today, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so the, um, I worked when I, when I graduated, oh, let's see, I was pregnant with my third um, when I was in midwifery school. And so I chose a midwife, a whole different route to give birth, you know, for, for my third and my fourth. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to the midwife um, the first time um, – that I went to her, I said, I'm not, you know, I'm in midwifery school now, so I really believe in this, but I'm not sure it's going to work with me. Mm. So I have to see that it's going to work with me for me to really be, you know, you know, cause I, you know, I told her my experience. She says, Oh, don't worry. You know, you'll be fine. And, and, you know, it was so healing. It was like night and day, mm. you know, just night and day. Um, those two experiences. And then, um, yeah. So then I, when I graduated midwifery school, I worked in a hospital setting, which was a wonderful team of um, two obstetricians and um, six midwives. And we we really, um, it's an ideal sort of model. It's like kind of what they do in England, like the midwives provided care for everybody, even high risk and low risk um, as well, because the doctors felt that um, the midwifery component of care was essential for all women, wow. you know? Um, so like they, they didn't really want to be bothered with anybody unless there was something that required medical or surgical expertise, like someone who was, you know, they would manage an, someone who was insulin dependent diabetic, they would manage the insulin or, you know, they would come in and do a rare, um, cesarean, um, you know, or they, bre- we did vaginal breaches, but, um, they, they really believed that women got better care. The vast majority who were, you know, who were normal, healthy, pregnant women, um, the midwifery uh, was the best model of care for them because you know midwives are expertise in you know keeping in in normal and mm-hmm. helping helping healthy pregnant women throughout you know pregnancy birth and postpartum and 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 their expertise is complications and disease and they're yeah. surgeons and they just that they wanted to reserve their specialty for that so it was a great great team you know we worked together and and so I saw I saw and experienced a lot that that way. And then, um, the home birth practice, um, you know, that evolved because even in the hospital, when I was working as a midwife, we still had, you know, we kind of had to tiptoe around sort of, um, archaic hospital procedures and policies that Mm -hmm. were really not in the best interest of, let's say each individual, but it was the way they did it, you know, their routine. And so sometimes our hands were even tied as midwives um, because of, you know, a hospital policy or, you know, they, they you know, cause it's, it, it's, it's really geared for mass production, pre- prevention, you know, preventing lawsuits and they're much more right. focused on cost and, you know, it's all about saving money. And, and, and so it, sometimes policies and procedures that we had to follow were not necessarily midwifery care based. It was based on the institutional policies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a friend who was a doula who said, why don't we just, why don't we just start a home birth practice? Mm-hmm. And this was, this was about 18 years ago, uh, 18, 19 years ago. 
She's and um, and I had not really thought about home birth. I knew about freestanding birth center, but um, the when when we got together and and looked into it, and she had her babies at home, um, and we just started the entire practice from scratch, mm. and 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 it, it just evolved over all this time. But what what I love about home birth is that is that we can, we're, we're much more free to practice midwifery care. It, it's very similar to a birthing center, mm-hmm. you know, out of hospital, but it's, 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 it's um, the, the care is much more individualized and we, pr- and, and personalized. And, and it was really our, you know, our baby, we, we created it. And then she, she eventually became a nurse and then um, she went to midwifery school and, and we worked together for, for a long time. And, and, uh, it's um it's just love awesome to ha- to 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 be a home birth midwife because i feel that there's no it's not like we're we're bound by any institutional policy it's it's uh, we we can provide care that's what's in the best interest and safety for each family for each mom and baby well wow, that's really cool i love the arc of that whole story i mean i think yeah. it's it's very relatable because i feel like no matter who i talk to i, I am very struck by you know, your words. And I think even you posted this not that long ago, and I think I, I shared it, but um, you posted that a woman will forever remember how she was made to feel at her birth. Right. And um, that just really hit home for me because I think it's very true. You know, I think I had I had a very healthy birth. I had a very, you know, almost exactly what I envisioned it to be, wanted it to be. Um, and I don't have any regrets other than, you know, I wish I would have stayed home, and I probably should have because I almost delivered at home anyways. But mm-hmm. um but Your first baby? Yeah, my first baby. Wow. I stayed home the whole time until I was already pushing. I stayed in the shower basically the whole wow. time I was in labor. And then and I had a home birth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay home up until the very end and then I'd go to the hospital. And I had a midwife and everything, but it was just that once we got to the hospital, um, I really thought it was going to be, you know, okay, you're, you're obviously ready to push. Let's just have this baby. And instead it was, let's hook her up to all the monitors and get her a, get her an IV because she was anemic during her pregnancy. So she's probably going to, she might need a transfusion. So we have to get the drip ready and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. Like if you just let me push, I'll be, we'll be done with this in a matter of minutes. And, and, um, and, and, and no, they put me in the bed on my back and, um, and then of course baby's heart rate dropped because I was, you know, had just transferred from home to hospital. And so I was expecting that to happen, but I really didn't want to be on my back. And, um, and yeah, and then, then of course, same thing, they're hollering for a vacuum. And I think it was that fear that actually just in my head, I said, no way, no way am I going to have this end badly now that I've come this far. And so I was just like, you know, bear down and, and out she came, but Wow. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that. Just looking at my midwife, and you know, in that end stage of of labor, you're kind of out of body, right? You're not, you're not, you're present, but you're not really present in yourself. In labor land, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I I had so many things I wanted to say, but it was like I was up in the corner of the room, just watching all of the stuff happen and mm. unfold. And I just look, remember looking at her, going, "Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you helping me like make this?" the way that you said it would be. And I just felt really kind of, kind of betrayed. And I feel like, um, I I wonder about that. I wonder about midwives in hospitals being so tied to, you know, keeping their hospital privileges. And if that really hinders their, 
their midwifery care and their midwifery practice because well, it does. And, 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 um, you know, like I, um, I've known some amazing midwives that, that, that stood up to it, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, like for example, um, in the birth center for, uh, nobody w- uh, if, if a mom's water had, had broken and, and it's been 24 hours, um, before active labor, they had to transfer. Mm-hmm. So she, was, um, she used to, but but you see, she, she knew, you know, that that was a ridiculous policy. Like if women did not have an infection and if babies were, were not infected and there was, there was only, you know, these are healthy moms, you know, that they didn't need to be in the hospital, you know, so Mm -hmm. she would, she wouldn't chart it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, not every midwife could do that. Or, you know, she says, I don't want to know. I don't want to know that your water broke. Right. You know, um, I don't, you know, so she would, she would, I, I admired her for, for that, you know, but not, a lot of midwives are scared, you know, that they're not, um, you know, we had a policy in our hospital that every VBAC had to have, a, um, uh, an IV, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous and, and yeah. be on the monitor that's setting them up for, for like failing. Yeah just those two things. And, and that was a hard thing to get around, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's frightening. And I think, I think that's an important thing to point out. I mean, I love to kind of dispel myths around these women's health issues because I think a lot of times we're kept in the dark on purpose. Um, and you know, there's a lack of education on purpose because it just makes, you know, the Western medicine policies and procedures just run a little bit more smoothly if there's not somebody questioning them constantly. Yeah. And, you know, so we were finding people that were, that one, and, and then when it became, um, that, that, uh, the, the birth center couldn't have, um, you couldn't have a VBAC and be at the birth center. And then like in, in a state near me, so I'm, I'm on the border between New Jersey and New York. So New Jersey law was that a midwife could not attend a home birth if a mom was 42 weeks or if, um, or if she was a VBAC. So what was happening was women were, were, were either, um, not telling their care provider that they had a previous cesarean, mm-hmm. you know, cause they wanted to VBAC. I mean, that's, that's, um, these are like laws and policies that, that make it harder for women to have, um, a, a VBAC, which is, um, much healthier for them to do if, if, if they are good candidates. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it just creates actually a, a more unsafe Barrier. situation because you know it's 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 that you know it's it's probably not a good thing to not report those things. But Absolutely. on the other hand, like I understand wanting to take your health into your own hands, not report it or tell the midwife or or you know the midwife wouldn't chart it or mm-hmm. um or that they would just have an unattended birth or or come in the, you know as late as possible. I mean, you know, it just creates the it, it's so much better when it can just be you know giving care that's appropriate and safe for each family. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had done a little bit more digging when I was trying to to pick a midwife. You know, I'd always had midwife midwifery care just for my my general, you know, female mm-hmm. well visits, you know, since I was a teenager. And then when I became pregnant, I was, you know, in a different city and I and I hadn't, you know, I didn't really have a general care practitioner, so I was kind of in the market for both. And I you know, just on the recommendation of a friend, I, I interviewed one and she was great and I and I chose her. But I wish I had interviewed more because um, you know, she had previously been a home birth midwife and had since become a hospital midwife after she got birthing privileges in the, in the local hospital. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, I, I was toying with the idea of home birth at the time, but 
I, you know, and I asked her questions about it and she basically convinced me to not have a home birth. And, um, and what really did it for me was the, um, the rates that she quoted me for, for hospital transfer rates. Not only did she, you know, was the rate really high, something like 40% of, mm. for home births in that area, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, I was my like, transfer rate is like 7%. Right. And I just felt like if if that's the transfer rate, well, then I might as well just go straight to the hospital because wow. <laughs> what's the point? Um, but, you know, it was it was in conjunction with kind of this laundry list of other things that were, quote unquote, kind of slightly painted home birth in my mind as kind of a hassle or, um, you know, just not really worth it. And I really wish I had, you know, done a little bit more digging and talked to someone that was an active home birth midwife because... Um, knowing what I know now couldn't have been, you know, further from what I actually wanted once I got to the hospital. So, I mean, what, obviously, you know, rates vary by practice per practice, but if I was a woman, if, if I had to do this all over again and I was interviewing people and, you know, what are some of the things that I should be looking for in terms of, of a practice's rates of, um, you know, I guess it's probably transfer to hospital rate and, and cesarean section rate. And, and what are some other things that someone that was considering home birth should, should think about when they're interviewing practitioners? That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, the, um, yeah, when you say a 40% transfer rate, that's very unusual. Like most home births I know, um, home birth midwives mm-hmm. I know, and we have a, a Google group of, of and, and, and we meet periodically of like the, the tri-state area midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, um, so pretty much everybody would have a transfer rate, I would say, well under 10%. I would say averaging 5 to 8% is the transfer rate. Yeah. Um, the first-time moms are predominantly the transfer rate. So um, the vast majority of transfers are non-urgent, like first-time moms who, let's say, just have stuck labors and you've tried everything and, and you know, you've used all your tricks A mm-hmm. to Z and it's just a mutual decision at some point. Um, mom's either, you know, exhausted and, and stuck at a certain point in her labor and there's nothing else that, that we can do. And so that's usually the main reason we have to go in, but, but having to transfer a mom that's given birth before, I I can't even remember. It's been well over like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, and, and, and Ina Mae Gaskin was, uh, in, in spiritual midwifery, she, um, talks about, and, and she, she quote she has her statistics of at the farm, um, which th- that's like a role model. I mean, I think her transfer rate was like 1.9%. I mean, I'm just, oh. I th- I'm remembering this off the cuff, but I th- it's very low, very low. So, um, yeah, the cesarean. I think that's very important, you know, to 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 find out about the transfer rate and the cesarean rate. You know, my section rate is under five percent. Mm-hmm. What about what some about of the t- other things? I mean, one of the things like, and this seems so stupid to me now, thinking that this was something that held me back from having a birth at home, but just thinking about like cleaning up the mess afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> the mess control. Well, we have a whole system. We don't, we don't right. ever leave, uh, we, we, you know, there's things that, um, you know, I have a whole list and, uh, of, of, uh, how to pro- uh, supplies that they bring. We bring the same equipment to the house that an out of hospital birthing center would have. Mm-hmm. There is, um, a few pages of, 
it is a, there's a list that they things that they have to have ready, and most of it's for either comfort or mess control, and some of it they even have in the house. You know, old sheets, old towels, picnic mm-hmm. tablecloths, things like um, that. But um, I actually posted on that uh, a home birth supply uh, list. It's like a free download you can get. Um, it's on one of my posts. Um, just suggestions of things to have in the house. But we, yeah, I, I tell everyone we don't leave. At, we have ways of covering everything, lining <laughs> wherever you're going to be so that um, you're not left with any kind of birth mess, just a, a bag of laundry, bag of garbage, and hopefully a very nice, beautiful, healthy baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, so mess is, is, not, is a not, not an issue, but we, we, do, um, we do make a plan for, you know, prenatally with each family that they have set up with uh, care in the house, either friends or family, so that mom is off the radar. She doesn't have to, you know, deal with cleaning up or cooking or, or child care, let's say, of older siblings or errands, you know, like like how they used to do and how they do around the world in many cultures, you know, right. that, that women support women through the, the process and, and at least four to six weeks postpartum, so she has that support. So, so the mess is not really an issue. And I think um, in terms of uh, interviewing, so, uh, not everybody, like you live in California, you're in California, but not everybody has um, access to a lot of home birth midwives. Mm-hmm. There may be, you know, across the country and in, in areas of, of the world, there may be, let's say, if no access to home birth midwife or they have right. one. But if, you, if you're fortunate and you have those to interview, I think it's um, it's really important that you have a f- that you feel like a really close connection with that person, you know, mm-hmm. that you can feel totally relaxed and uninhibited because you're going to be. It's a very intimate relationship. The yeah. uh, you know we we spend uh, two and a half hours at the first prenatal visit, and then each pr- visit after is about an hour, and you're going to be birthing with that woman, laboring with that with that midwife and and her team. And I think it's it's important to. Um, you know, that you have to feel comfy. You have to feel very, sometimes it's just a personality, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, your, 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 your philosophies, I think, um, of, and and what you want, I think need to be very closely aligned with, with the, the midwife. Yeah, I think that's, that's really true. That was also going to be one of my next questions was, you know, just how, how to, how to select, select that person. I think that that's probably really accurate, making sure that you can kind of build a relationship with someone and you feel like you could deliver. But I guess even before that, I can think of some friends that have, you know, been pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant in the last two years and just not even knowing where to start because with our culture these days, we don't grow up with, you know, a ton of extended family around us and aunts and, and, and right. grandmothers and, um, you know, lots of women to look to. And, and oftentimes the stories of the births that have come before us or even our own births are not, not ones that we are really looking to as, a, as an example that we'd like to follow. So I just wonder if you've got, you know, how does, how does a woman or what are some things that she can do to even try to, you know, begin to understand what, what birth means to her and, and how, how to approach it and, and how to even kind of figure out what kind of birth she wants to have. Yeah. It's like I say, you know, in the modern world, there's so much work that needs to be done, you know, because it's not like in, you know, all throughout history, it's like a fluke of history that we have not been surrounded by women having birth, you know, natural childbirth. Women, um, since the beginning of time have, have helped other women and have been surrounded by women having 
babies and breastfeeding. So it was just part of life, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, a lot of moms coming into, um, you know, they, they find out they're pregnant they're, today, you know, because of this lack of exposure, um, that really just happened maybe in the 1920s to 40s when birth was moved to the hospital in, in, in some parts of the modern world. The vast majority of babies are still born at home, believe it or not, in the world. But I'm talking about, you know, modern USA. Mm-hmm. It's still a minority. So um, um, I, you know, when moms find out that they're pregnant, they're like at a loss. Like, you know, do, does the, they, they, they don't even, they think it's an emergency. They have to go to the hospital. You know, that's, it's the media creates this whole drama and, um, a lot of negative and, and, and fear, fears around, um, being pregnant and having a baby. And they have a false sense of safety in modern technology and hospitals and um, they just, they're just not used to, not everybody is so comfortable or trust that their body uh, kn- knows what to do. They just, um, they just assume go to a hospital, you know, but like when people come into my practice, I mean, I don't, cause I don't convince, I'm very, I feel very strongly about not convincing a mom where she should birth. Mm-hmm. I think mom needs to birth where she feels most comfortable, you know, so some, um, Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll help moms have a home birth-like experience in a hospital, meaning that mom is only going to feel safe being in the hospital. That's just where, you know, deep down, I tell each woman, dig deep. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you would feel best? We're safe, you know. Um, whereas if dad feels um, more concerned, um, but mom knows, absolutely, I want to give birth at home, I'm not as, you know, concerned because the, the mom is the one that's laboring. And if she's not feeling safe, she won't labor well. But so many times I hear from doulas that that um, women are laboring beautifully at home, and then thing, and then when they go to the hospital, uh, they stop, you know, because they're more afraid or mm-hmm. or, or they're, um, you know, they're unsure. Bi- Right. Um, but, but on the other hand at home, if, if I'm going to be with a woman in a home setting, if she's deep down scared of being home, she's not going to labor well until we go to the hospital. Mm. So that's why like, you know, in the interview and prenatally, we really, I really try to get them to, to dig deep. I don't, and, and feel where they really feel safe and feel best because that's where they're going to labor, um, best. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, what else though? I mean, can can women do to just prepare? I'm thinking of you know, I, oh. every, everybody kind of scoffs at the idea of a birth birth plan because it's you know, very commonly they can go out the window pretty quickly. But um, you know, I I think for for me specifically, I kind of knew I had had the lucky experience of of seeing you know three my my three brothers born. They're all significantly younger than me. You know, I attended each of their births, and I wow. was you know definitely my a mother's helper to my mom. But I can't say that any of those births are what I really aspired <laughs> aspired to have. You know, my right. mom was very much a proponent of just show up early, get the epidural, and. <laughs> just go to sleep and wake up. And- oh, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. But the people that come to me or, or if someone comes to me and says, or, you know, like I have a lot of people that, um, ask me questions through the Instagram, you know, ask the midwife, um, they want to consult with me, like I'm pregnant. What do, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So the first thing we got to start out is we make sure we choose your, you know, you want to find a, um, a provider, whether it's a midwife or an obstetrician who's in a setting, 
mm-hmm. you know, whether it's now freestanding birth center, home or hospital where you're going to feel comfortable. But they're like, I don't even know, you know, so then I say, okay, well, then I have a reading list of, of really good books. I think it's so important, mm-hmm. you know, now, like in, in years ago, we didn't know, we didn't have to read about birth. Our bodies right. just knew how to do it. And we were supported by a culture you know, that encourage normal, natural childbirth. But, but today, um, there's a lot of, um, lack of confidence and, and just pure lack of education. So I start them, I have, um, uh, a list of books on my website and I posted, um, also, um, my 15 favorite, uh, on Instagram where you can just like free download it. Um, there's a bit.ly link, um, and, um, so at least I, I, I want them to start reading just, you know, I, I have a f- 15, maybe 20 of, of my favorite books, but they can't, you know, they can't read them all. So I, we, we come up with, you know, maybe the top 10 or whatever. And, and then, and then videos, I think it's important for them to watch birth videos. Um, business of being born is a great one. Ricky Lake's business of being born. Um, there's orgasmic birth, um, which actually we're in, but, but the, both of those, um, are really awesome documentaries that talk about, about, uh, did you see either one? Uh, yes, I did. I really oh, okay. enjoyed them. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, just, it, it is, and, and then, and then I think it's really important to, to, um, seek out, like I have a list in my practice, um, of other home birth moms who want to be, um, who, who say it's okay for me to give their name out mm. because, um, I like to connect women with women. Yeah. So if, if women are pregnant and they're going through a similar experience, it's, it's, it's so helpful for them to be surrounded with other moms who've had, if they, let's say they want to have a home birth to, to be connected with other home birthing moms. Cause they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I don't know anyone having a home birth. It seems like I'm the only one. I said, well, I know tons of people that right. are having home birth. Right. So, um, I connect them in that way or, or I tell them, you know, that they had like we in New York and I'm sure in California, like certain areas of the country, there's birth circles and, and mama's groups, you know, prenatal yoga and there's like a baby wearing groups and La Leche League. And there's right. like a lot of different, uh, holistic mom network, um, attachment, parenting, homeschooling moms. There's, you know, where, where you will likely meet other moms having, um, home birth or natural birth. You know that so so that you can have a network, a tribe of uh, you know, and and I think it's really important to surround yourself with po- like create like this fortress of positivity around yourself. So like you, in pregnant women are so receptive and and um, sensitive. So someone sees them pregnant, they have to tell them their horror story, and 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 they I encourage every woman to just you know pleasantly excuse themselves from that conversation because and 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 really surround themselves with people who um, are telling empowering positive birth mm-hmm. stories because there are so much of it. Yeah. I think that's huge. I, mean, I think that's what I really was craving. I really just, I felt like I wanted to read, you know, I just wanted to know that my body knew what it was doing. I think I knew that deep down, but I just wanted to be affirmed by other birth stories. And so reading Ina May's work, reading birthing from within and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, taking from it what I needed to take from it was all that I really needed to just go forth and, and kind of, and conquer. And, you know, the rest of it was, yeah, just kind of staying away from horror stories and really just focusing in on some of the things touched on in those books. You know, they give really great suggestions for, you know, kind of how to do, how to dig deep, how to, how to look inward and, and make connection with yourself and kind of reconnect with those kind of primal early, you know, instinctual things. And I think that that's something that 
women don't even know that they can do or are supposed to do. So I, I really encourage, yeah, doing doing some homework. We've got nine months of <laughs> time yeah, to kill. So. I, I, in the pregnancy is the time where I, I, I find a lot, I'm building up confidence. I'm like, your body knows how to birth like you can breathe, mm-hmm. you know? We have to get your mind out of the way. So that's one of the reasons I love prenatal yoga and meditation, you know, mm-hmm. just basic breath work and, and skills of meditation is to, to, to so that they can practice and, and, and know how to to get into that calm space out mm-hmm. of the thinking brain more into the body and the sensations and the spirit and the heart and the gut because that's the vastness of who they are and 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 that's what that's what's going to birth not not their head so so in the pregnancy i i i encouraged them to learn these things so that when they're in labor they they know how to turn their brain off and let their body do it their body knows exactly how to do it and or we wouldn't be here today mm-hmm. you know we're we're, we're to, you know connect with the lineage of women birthing women since the beginning of time you know the the the, the way women birth um, our capabilities hasn't changed, but the management has changed in, in just a, a fluke, you know, short period of history. So I think it's, uh, there's a lot we have to do just to restore that basic confidence that our bodies know what to do. And then, you know, when a woman it goes into labor and she realizes, you know, oh, this is, this is, um, not only am I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm safe. My, you know, I've gone, I've had prenatal care with a midwife and, you know, who is screening, you know, we, 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 we do screen mm-hmm. and we are making sure that everything is still healthy and safe and appropriate to be in the, in the home setting. And, you know, like we bring the same equipment, like I said, to the house, but most of the time we don't have to use it. We mm-hmm. just, the, the, the more and more years I've practiced as a midwife, the, 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 the more I realize the best intervention is no intervention. Like mm-hmm. when all is going well is that we don't have to really do anything. We're just, we just, the, the best thing is to not disturb a mom when she's in, in the process of having a baby. And then it, it's amazing how it works. I mean, we're there obviously as lifeguards, we hold that space of, of that sacred space of birthing, um, you know, what we, our hearts and our, are there to encourage and to, and to, to give loving support. But, um, her body knows exactly how to give birth to that baby mm-hmm. for in the vast majority of times. And, you know, and, and if not, so, you know, if there's an issue, we, a lot of times can just, you know, um, very simple suggestions can make a huge difference. Like let's get out of the tub maybe and take a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, are you drinking? Are you been eating? You know, let's, you know, position change or, you know, um, there's so many things that we can suggest um, that are just very simple, um, non-invasive suggestions that can help a mom when she's birthing. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. You know, this is the the Paleo Baby podcast kind of for a reason. A lot of stuff kind of um, ah. harkens back to, to nutrition. So I kind of wonder what your take is on, on nutrition and pregnancy and how you see that kind of play out in, in your practice. If it has a, if you see it, nutrition or, or diets making a big impact on, on your oh practice and in birth outcomes. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm, I'm very, I don't, um, holistic and integrative mm-hmm. in my approach. So one, I'm very big on, um, you know, that they, that, uh, um, I try to encourage, every mom that's in my practice to have, um, healthy lifestyle habits. And, and so as much as possible. So Mm -hmm. the nutrition is a big component. So, you know, as much as possible, everything that they put into their body should be uh, ideally whole 
and real um, and minimally processed and varied. And, you know, I, but I do have vegetarians and mm-hmm. vegans in the practice. But if, if they're going to eat, um, anyone is going to eat meat, um, ideally organic and free range. And and um, I do, uh, I, I most people in my practice, um, I would say, are, uh, have, I, I've, I've seen amazing, amazing, um, results, like in terms of, um, people have made huge changes, mm. um, in, you know, that a lot of women, when, when they're pregnant, it's like a time that they, you know, they want to make better, healthier lifestyle, um, and, and healthier choices. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it, not a hundred percent, you know, you could I'd say 80, 20, you mm-hmm. know, as most of the time, if, if the vast majority of food that you're putting into your, into your mouth and, and what you're drinking is, 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 you know, whole food, organic, all natural, real food, um, and you know, an occasional, uh, whatever, 10, 20%, it's okay, you know, like mm-hmm. not to feel bad about it, you know, but, but, um, I, I'm a big believer in, 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 in nutrition. I think it makes a huge difference in preventing a lot of health problems. And then I, I also, I'm encouraged, uh, definitely whole food supplements. So mm-hmm. I, um, you know, a whole food prenatal and the omegas and, and, um, depending on their D, they might need some D mm-hmm. and calcium and, um, I, the probiotics I think is, is great to prevent, um, the group B strep. I like to prevent it, you mm-hmm. know what that is. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, not a lot of people talk about that, but I think that's yeah, that's huge. We when when I was pregnant, my husband and I were kind of just like reeling with all of the decisions we had to make about what testing I was going to have done and or not have done, and and the groupie right. strap really threw us for a loop. I was like, well, I'll have the test done, but I'm probably not going to do anything about it, even if I have it. So, well, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big, that's a, a hot topic because, mm-hmm. um, 40, I would say it's so common. It's a normal, the uh, group B strep is a normal bacteria that it's part of the normal flora in the colon mm-hmm. and, and it can be in the vaginal area. And it's only a problem in, in, um, when a mom, uh, her, you know, is in labor and her cervix is open and the water breaks, the baby can be exposed to it. So one in 200 babies can get seriously ill, but they're giving everybody, you know, mm-hmm. antibiotics if they're positive, IV antibiotics and labor. And you know, that the, there's, there's, a, it's not, impact. not taken lightly, mm-hmm. but either is strep, you know, strep is, is potentially serious, but that does that mean that every single mom needs antibiotics to prevent that? So, you know, people are starting to question that, you know, it used to be, we used to treat, you know, in the United States and in other countries, they would treat only if there's a risk factor, mm-hmm. you know, give antibiotics. But even so I, I, we, I have, I've had great success with a very high, um, account of, of the good flora, the healthy flora probiotics. If they take it, um, in pregnancy, can, um, I, I prevent a lot of this GB, the strep mm-hmm. vaginally. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, meditation. I know you're, you're, you're a yogi at heart too. <laughs> I love I'm all aspiring. Of you. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I've seen your poses. I think you, you qualify. <laughs> <laughs> um that's awesome do you, and so you, you know you do like prenatal yoga and you you 
you you can teach prenatal yoga. Um, how have you seen that kind of impact? Is it has it changed the way that you practice at all? I mean, I think meditation and mindfulness is something that we we always you know as we we always work into our protocols with people that we work with at Nourish Balance Thrive, and you know it's it's just kind of this vital thing like it's to build a, a whole person is right. kind of has to be built fear. in exactly. So, um, is it something that's um, new to people when you introduce it to them when they're when they're pregnant? Do you see it or are they are they already doing it? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it depends. No, not, not everybody's, it, um, some, you know, some people have their own way of relaxing and, and tapping in, you know, to their, to their, you know, they, they can ground themselves, they can center themselves, they can get into this space of calm, but yoga is a science of well being. It's a science of healthy mind, body, and spirit. It's not an, it's not like, meaning I'm, I'm very into exercise and I, I, I think it's important for women to be active. We were born to be active and it's, it's not healthy to be sedentary, you know? So, um, I, I encourage, um, women to, to find a sort of exercise, you know, if they don't have one, um, you know, even if it's just brisk walking or, or dancing, doing, you know, being, um, active in their pregnancy, as long as it's, you know, not anything, you know, like major, uh, contact, extreme contact sports or something like that. <laughs> but, um, oh, I've had, I've had all kinds of, um, I've had dancers, you know, perform in their ninth month and marathon runners run, you know, mm-hmm. do their triathlons. But, but, um, yoga is not, um, um, I, I recommend it not necessarily as, um, the, as exercise it's, it's deeper, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a way to find not just, um, internal, not, I mean, it, it is a form of exercise, but it's, it's much deeper. It's, it's for inner strength and balance and, um, flexibility, but also on a deeper level. And it, and it's a way to quiet the mind and there's, and, and, um, and to find this inner calm. And when they really take, you know, take yoga from an authentic teacher, not like, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not crazy about like gyms that offer the power yoga. I mean, really authentic, um, yoga. Um, there's so many, there's a lot of research. I mean, it depends on the person, you know, I'm talking to because some people, they want to hear about the research. There's so much research on it it reduces depression, anxiety, um, many of chronic, you know, risks of chronic, um, disease. It it eases pregnancy and the aches and pains of pregnancy and, and it eases labor and, and postpartum recovery. There's so many benefits, um, to, uh, to a regular practice. But, but when someone can meditate, like, and, and what everyone gets to like, some people get like scared of the word meditate, you know, basically what it is, is just a time that, that you can even make for yourself 20 minutes, um, each day just to focus on breathing and to get out of your thinking mind. And it's just being still being quiet. We're overloaded, overstimulated today and, and too much in the, in the thinking. And, um, these, it helps them to, if they can learn the skills, you know, it helps them feel more inner calm. Uh, so many women come to me, they're stressed out, you know, yeah, they have a healthy diet, but they're so they're full of internal stress. I'm not talking about the stress on on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, people can have a relatively calm looking life, but inside they're, 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 they're stressed. Right. You know, or, or, you know, some people have what you would see, what would seem to be a lot of stress, but they're managing it. They, they, they're not, um, feeling internal stress and it's the internal stress that, that can, um, cause a lot of health problems and impair labor. 
make labor and birth much harder. So it's just a tool that I see that works so well. You know, if, if, if I can get a woman to, to really learn how to, to get to that space, whether, you know, whether it's Shavasana or mm-hmm. just even seated meditation where she's just focusing on breath and either a deep, you know, like head to toe body scan of relaxation, mindfulness, sensory awareness, just to be in the, in the actual present, you know, learning those skills, we use it in labor. She'll, she'll, she'll do so much better. I, I see huge benefits and it's been studied in you know in the research but mm-hmm. it does it, it's it's an ancient science of of well-being yeah i think that's that's hugely important i'm i'm so glad that you include that in in part of your practice because i think there is no better time than especially during pregnancy to to really kind of wield that power and really understand how to how to use it and and tap into that because that exactly what you need for labor and and you know I had I had been practicing yoga for maybe a year and a half before me two years I guess before I had had ivy and and I wouldn't say that I was ever very good at meditating but that's exactly what was needed for for labor and delivery and I'm so yeah I'm so glad that I even like could comprehend that that's where I needed to be in my head um you know or out of my head I guess It takes practice. You it don't does. just learn, you know, you know, to be, it's not about being good or bad. It, you know, it's just, um, you know, when, when I remember when I, um, started learning about it, I, I was like, oh, there's no way I could sit for five yeah. minutes. I, I, I just, you know, I just have too many thoughts. I mean, I, I what am I going to do? Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine, you know, so I'm in such a different space now. I mean, once you, once you, um, I, when I started studying it and, 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 um, really wanted to take it on as part of a practice, um, it's like night and day. Once you have a taste of what it's like to, to get into that space, mm-hmm. um, it's so delicious. You want more, yeah. you know, and I, and I think the busy, I, I'm just seeing women so busy. They're, they're just managing, you know, they're working and, and they have all these projects they're doing and, and they're also mothering and, and they have a, you know, family and their spouse and, you know, and, and they're, they're just trying to handle so many things. And it's, it's just like, almost like there's this glorification of having these tight schedules, busy, 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 and, and there's no downtime. And I, and I see the effects of it. So, so, and I also see the benefits of, of having the downtime of preserving, even, you know, even if you're stuck in traffic, you know, that's a great time. Okay. Stuck in traffic. I'm late. That's a great time. I can practice just mm. slow, just slow down and deepen my breathing. And, 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 and that just, um, you know, lessens the stress that they feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's really great. Well, this has been a really great conversation, just like our last one, but no <laughs> even strange, though it's really different. Yeah. No strange noises in the background, hopefully this time. Um, do you have any specific advice or wisdom that you'd like to share with people listening today that you've, you've learned in your career or you, you think that, that, um, something that you just like to pass on to, to everybody today? I would love that. Uh, it would be my dream that, that healthy women um, rediscover and relearn, you know, that their um, bodies know exactly how to grow and birth and breastfeed babies. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish, I wish that there would be, um, that's my, my dream is that every woman in all localities has the option of having undisturbed, um, you know, it's a process, the, 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 um, process of pregnancy, birth and, and postpartum and, and, um, is, is a process that works. There's tremendous wisdom in it. 
And um, it, it, when it, when all is going well, it works best when it's not disturbed. And, and that women should be supported and encouraged in, in all settings to have undisturbed, healthy, normal childbirth. Mm. You know? Yeah, thank you for that. Passionate yes. care. That is good advice. Thank you for passing that on. So where can people find out more about you, figure out how to work with you? Um, I, I absolutely love following your, um, your Instagram Aww. and your Facebook. So I definitely think people awesome. should, should check that out. But um, yeah, where, where can people, can people learn more about you? Well, or the, Instagram, with you? Um, the Instagram was started because um, I love to take pictures and, and write little captions and educate and inspire. And, and my daughter um, told me you should be on Instagram. And I was like, what's that? That was about a year, but a little over a year ago. And it just, it just, it really grew into this. So, so now what I love doing is the online, um, consulting. I have women from all over the country and world that, 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 um, you know, call me with their questions. It's like unbelievable that they just don't have access yeah. to a holistic, um, midwife. So that, that started the whole ask the midwife, uh, is a bitly link bit.ly slash ask the midwife. And some of them are, um, more general question. It, it, when, when they subscribe to that, when they go into that, ask the midwife, they can ask questions if they're general. Um, we have a monthly newsletter that, you know, so, um, or sometimes I peer randomly answer. Um, I try to answer the general questions, all of them, either by email or through the um, Instagram or through the uh, newsletter. But um, what happened is people are asking a lot of personal questions. Mm. So then I'm like, well, I would love to have, you know, I can't, you know, this is like a, a very important personal question, whether it's postpartum depression or, or you know, they want, you know, questions that they really have specifically, they're struggling with something or they want, they want to really know what can I do? I had a very traumatic birth last time. What, what can I do this time to have a better, a safe, but also, you know, more positive, um, healing experience. So I work with them, you know, mm -hmm. so that, that started the bitly chat with Anne. So, so I do the online consulting and it's just been awesome. I mean, um, people have, uh, really, I, I see that it really has helped people. And, um, so I'm just so excited to be able to do that. That's great. You know, that's, that's so. Yeah, but but uh, the Instagram and the and the Facebook page are the same Home Sweet Home Birth, and then the website is my Home Sweet Home Birth, and yeah, we're working on like um, I have um, a lot of handouts that I've made throughout the um, years uh, on pretty much the holistic. Um, integrative approach to handling pretty much every complaint that a mom would you know, like colds and heartburn and depression and fatigue and um, aches and pains and, you know, um, constipation. So, so um, how to have a healthy uh, pregnancy uh, and life. Um, so I'm making them all into an ebook and we're doing some videos and, you know, so it's, it's been a lot of exciting um, things that have come out of this whole Instagram community. And it's just an amazing experience community you know it's lovely group of women yeah. just um and uh, you know people resonate because all over the world people are pregnant mm -hmm. and um we all kind of want the same things you know we want to have a wonderful experience we want to have a healthy baby we want to feel good we want to you know feel encouraged inspired connect you know it's it's, it's no matter what culture there's like, this universal need yeah you know well, it definitely spoke to me, so I highly encourage everybody else to, to check it out. And thank you again so much for, for chatting with me today. It was a it's great a conversation, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. And hopefully we'll have you back on to talk again maybe about uh, some more yoga or maybe 
<laughs> do some uh, postpartum discussion next time. Sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. Bye.